am a runner and I love, love, love running. And I know you guys are like, Sarah, you are weird. Who really likes running? I do. I literally get high from running. Your body produces these chemicals called endorphins that like energize you and give you like this positive outlook on life. Like I really, really do love running. I'm not just saying I do, I really do. But I didn't always love running. When I first started running, it was actually not very pretty. It was not um, a, a good thing in my life, but I had to start running for this silly class in college called fitness and wellness. And it was like, run a mile at the beginning of the semester and at the end of the semester, you're gonna see if you've improved. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be running in between, so how am I gonna improve? But I'm trying to be a good student, so I'm complaining to one of my friends about how I have to run a whole mile. Do you know how far that is? It's really, really far. And she's like, Sarah, I'll run with you. Her name was Amanda and she was one of my best friends. And she was like, I'll run with you. I love running. It's so much fun. And I'm like, why am I friends with you? You're so weird. That's like, who really likes running? And she's like, come on, it will be fun. And I'm like, well, at least this way I don't have to do it by myself. And so we take off and I'm like, okay, for like, you know, the first minute. And then I'm like, ooh, this is not fun. This, this actually kind of hurts. I have, there's something in my side. And I begin yelling at Amanda and I'm like, I hate you. This is the worst thing in the whole, why would you ever make me run? What is this pain, this cramp in my side? What, what is this? I can't breathe. My feet hurt, my knees hurt, my thighs hurt, my neck hurts. My hair was like in my face. I was sweating, like elbows, everything was hurting. It was like the worst thing I literally thought, I might die, um, but I didn't obviously because here I stand before you. And um, now I love running so much so that I ran all winter long, even if I was running in negative degree weather. This is legit, y'all. This happened this winter. I was running and we got done running. I run with my sister-in-law and she was like, oh my gosh, your face. And I was like, what? And she took a picture and showed me, I'm like, that's a committed runner. I am serious, I love it so much, I will look like this at the end of my runs. And since you know my running started, when I hated it, I've developed this like love and passion for it. Since then, I've run one relay marathon, two 10Ks, five half marathons, and last year I ran my very first full marathon. It was like the most hardest, incredible thing I've ever done in my whole life. I could talk to you about it all day, but I want. And, and what I want many of you to know tonight is that we are all actually running a race, but it's not the kind of race that I'm talking about. It's not an earthly kind of race. It's not a sprint. It's not a competitive, like you're doing everything that you can to like trip someone up and, and like you're, you're doing everything in your own efforts to try and win this race, but it is the kind of race where we are actually cheering one another on. We are championing one another. We're running together. We actually run our race better when we are together. And at the end of this race, there actually is a prize, but it isn't a medal, it isn't status, it isn't money. It's not like I'm the best, I'm the strongest, I'm the fastest. That's not the kind of race I'm talking about. And this is actually so opposite of everything we've ever been taught, right? In school, we need to know who's the smartest, we need to know who's the best and the strongest and the fastest. These are things that the world is telling us we need to know and there has to be a winner. And competition is all you know, good and fun in the right setting. I think there's definitely a time and a place for that. But this is not the kind of race I'm talking about tonight. It's not the kind of race that we find in the Bible. There's a race that 
that God talks about in the Bible, a race that God has set before each and every one of us, and that is the race of life. And God has ordained every single person in every single life and every single day that every single person is going to be running their race, and he did this on purpose. It says in Psalm 139.16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This is saying God planned you long before you were a twinkle in your mom and dad's eye. He was thinking of you. He made every single one of you on purpose with a purpose. He, he, he made you, he created you, he knit you together in your mother's womb on purpose and God has set a race before you and he set a race before me and every single race looks different and he's given us guidelines and instructions on how we're supposed to run this race. Thank God, right? Thank God he's given us help to run our race. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, one through three, therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of the hostility he endured from simple people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And these verses I have like clung to on days that it felt really hard for me, those times when I felt like I'm ready to give up and throw in the towel, I have clung to these verses. And so it starts by saying, we're surrounded by a huge cloud of witnesses to the face. And this is just people that have gone before us. And it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I just imagine them like going before us. And I feel like they're just like cheering us on. They're just like, keep going, keep pushing. You can do this. I know for me, when I'm running my races, if there's someone on the sidelines cheering me on, I'm like, yes, I actually can. I like believe their words. I'm like, yes, okay. I have, I can keep going. I can keep pushing when there's people that have gone before me that are cheering me on saying, keep going. Then it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And I want to pause here because I think it's so important that we actually look at those kind of things, those, those kind of sins that entangle us and trip us up so we actually can run our race with endurance, the race that God has set before us. And there's all kinds of things that weigh us down and slow us down, right? Like think about it, in a race, like if you were carrying weights, you can't run as fast as you could without weights. And, and God's saying there are sins like jealousy and anger and bitterness and things that take root in us that weigh us down. There's distractions, there's laziness, there's, you know, social media that's just like a breeding ground for like all kinds of different crazy things, right? And so I want to talk about one particular thing that I feel like is so heavy in this generation, that's so heavy that I've struggled with in so many areas of my life, and that weight is the weight of comparison. Comparison, when we begin looking around to one another and we start looking at what everyone else is doing and you're like, okay, I need to be like them and I need to make sure I'm involved here. And we're looking around to everyone else and we start comparing ourselves and all of a sudden we kind of feel like we don't add up. We kind of feel like we aren't enough. See, comparison is the thief of all good things. Comparison kills. It kills dreams. It kills purpose. It kills joy. It kills confidence. 
Comparison is a deadly game that you and I cannot win. See, there's two sides to this coin. Either we're comparing ourselves one to another, either on one side we're saying, I'm better than them and like I have my life more together and I'm making better choices and so that side leads to pride or we're looking at someone else and we're saying, man, they have it so much more together than me. They're better at this. They're stronger. They're smarter. They're faster. They're prettier. They're whatever that is and then all of a sudden it leads to pity. So one side of comparison leads to pity. One side leads to pride, neither of which are what God wants for us. Neither are what he is calling us to. It's a lose-lose. We, we can't win when we're comparing. See, God intended us to live out our lives and the unique gifts and talents that he's given each and every one of us. He's created us different on purpose. He wants us to be different. He doesn't want us to be the same. He doesn't want just a whole bunch of like it, the same person running around on this world. He wants us all to be different, and he did that on purpose. But, but when we start comparing, it like takes away that purpose that God has given us. And he created us to run our own race and our own lane with him him and with each other. But see, I've struggled with this so much in my life. In so many, so many seasons of my life, I have been like knocked down by this weight of comparison. And it started really a lot in college when, when, you know, that time in college when like you're supposed to know what you are going to do with your life and it's like supposed to be mapped out in front of you. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do in college. And I, and I began looking around to my friends, people who I loved, and I started comparing myself to them. And I was like, man, she knows what she wants to do. She knows what she's majoring in. She's got a serious boyfriend. She's probably going to be married soon. And I'm like living the single life being like, what, you know, classes should I take next year? Like it was, it was a struggle. And I started to feel this pressure to perform and to be someone and to measure up and feel like I needed to like excel in everything I did. And I needed to be involved here. And I needed to make sure I was doing this and, and make sure I was doing this so that when I graduated, I could put it on my resume. And so in college, I had like three jobs and I was interning and I was doing all these kind of different things to make sure that I had everything I needed to succeed after I graduated college, but, but what ended up happening out of this pressure to perform and to be something and be someone, I started this yucky cycle, and I was flipping both sides of that coin of comparison where, where either I was looking at other people thinking they had it more together than I did, and so it'd lead to this, it'd lead to this pity, this self-pity where I felt bad about myself, or I'd look to somebody else and I'd be like, well, at least I'm not where they are, and like I'm a little bit more together than they are, and it'd lead to pride, and I, I became judgmental in some areas and really what ended up happening when I was comparing myself to everyone around me is it stole my joy it stole my confidence it, it stole who God told me that I was he it was stealing my identity and my peace I was so wrapped up in what everyone else was doing and saying that I completely lost myself and when I think back to that time in college when I just was, I felt so down on myself. I get this picture of a deflated balloon. Now, now, I know that sounds weird, but literally when I think of how I felt, I just felt like a deflated balloon. Like I had nothing left. I had no purpose. I had like no air in my sails. I, I just, I felt like nothing. I wasn't measuring up. So if I've asked Pastor Will to come out here and help me kind of explain what I'm thinking. I'm here. Here you are. I'm here. So, Will has some really cool things here for us. Okay. Okay. So, these balloons, first of all, are awesome. Our Emily, our intern Emily, really took some time finding like some really cool balloons. Um, so, so man, you know, gang's all here with Mickey, and um, we got a dinosaur and Spider-Man. And Ooh, a taco. Tacos, because those are delicious. Taco. Yes. 
It's good stuff right there. Okay, so these helium balloons, they're gonna represent people. They're gonna represent each and every one of us, okay? So every single one of these helium balloons, they're different, they're unique, they have different colors, they have different shapes, they have different sizes, they're kind of existing at different levels. They're all like beautiful and cool and creative. And so these helium balloons represent people and they were blown up by this lovely helium tank here and this helium tank represents God. So like balloons can't really be balloons without helium and, and we can't really be people without God because he like created us and he He's the one that fills us with breath. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that fills us with meaning and purpose. And I asked Pastor Will to make a balloon that represented him. So what, yep. do, what do you got here, Pastor Will? Okay. So it's excited. No taco, but uh, I like steak. So that's a thing. Cool. Right there. Um, so there's a fishing rod because I like to fish. You like to fish. Fly fishing, right? Mm-hmm. I like puns. You sure yeah. do. Yep, you do. I do. I do. It, they just raise me up, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. right. We hear you. Chick-fil-A. Of course. Uh, and then, hmm, there's Joe with the heart on it. That's weird. Joe, um, Joe and a heart and Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and Chick-fil-A. Um, I bet Pastor Joe did that himself. There's 4640, of course, right? Yeah. Come on. It's part of who I am. Uh, this is Thanos' gauntlet because Marvel movies are awesome. <clears throat> yep. I don't get it. This is the ring from, uh, that's a, if you have yeah, to ask, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, it's um, uh, This is the Lord of the Rings ring, because I like Lord of the Rings. And uh, I bow hunt, I'm an archer, so yeah, it's not like really what my bow looks that? like. It looks way cooler than that does. Um, but then, of course, uh, my wife Robin, my daughter Ruby, son Liam. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and sharks are the worst. So that's also, that's also part, of, part of who I am, just as a, as a human, as a being. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so this balloon, yeah, this represents Will on a balloon. This is huh. this is how God created it to be. It's kind of weird and silly and cool and creative and all the things yeah. that, that Pastor some. Will is and that God has Family. created him. But what happens when Will starts comparing himself to those around him? What happens when he starts to look around and he starts to feel some pressure maybe from the world, from the outside, maybe pressure from himself, and he starts to like realize and recognize okay, I'm feeling some pressure from my parents to like be the perfect kid. I need to make sure I make the perfect grades. I, I need to make sure um, that I'm making every perfect choice. And, and, he, and his teachers are like, you need, you need to get a, a better grade. You need to work harder. I, I, some extra pressure. Yeah. I, yep. Some Chinese food earlier. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it's not part of who I am, actually. <laughs> Should've I think it might be a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, so, so then he's starting to feel some pressure um, from his coaches, and they're like, "You need to practice more. You are not doing as well in your games." Or from his like band instructor. Uh-huh. And they're like, you need to be better in music. You need to make sure your instrument, you're playing it better, you're practicing more. And, and so he really starts to feel this pressure, and then he feels this pressure. He feels this pressure from the world and the world's telling him you need to get the latest and the greatest and the newest and the best, the newest iPhone and Apple Watch and Hydro Flask and all the new cool things that that the world has. And the world's saying, you need to go to the football game and you need to make sure that you try out for dance because more people are gonna see you that way. And you need to make sure you, maybe not dance, I don't know. Um, Maybe like, 
it seems like the, the new thing recently around here is these beards. Like he needs to make sure he's growing out his beard. Yeah. He needs to like join French Club because I don't French Club. I, who knows why? You know. <laughs> Basically, he needs to be as involved as he possibly can because YOLO. You only live once. So so do everything that you can all of the time. Be involved in, in every area that you can, and, and eventually this pressure from the world, from ourselves, from other people, starts to deflate us. We kind of... <laughs> right? You feel like a deflated balloon when you're comparing yourself to those around you and you're letting this pressure of the world dictate who you are. So, so out of this like pressure, Will starts, he feels really bad about himself. A, a balloon, an empty balloon, like you feel pretty bad about yourself if, if you're feeling like a deflated balloon. And, and I feel like so often when, when we look like that deflated balloon, we begin hearing lies. Lies like you aren't good enough. You're not smart enough. You're never going to measure up. You're never going to amount to anything. And, and we, we start to hear these lies that the enemy speaks to us. And so we start to think, okay, I need to do this on my own. Out of my own effort, I'm going to prove that I'm special. I'm going to prove that I'm important. And so I'm going to use my own breath to, to show people that, that I actually am something. I, I'm something cool. <laughs> and, and so... That, was, that came from the top, not the bottom. So he feels like, okay, I'm going to prove to everyone that I'm super special, that I'm super important. And so Pastor Will starts to think, okay, I need to play more video games because that's where it's at. And I feel left out because people are playing video games. And so I want to play more video games. And then he thinks, I need to be on this very specific team, whether it's volleyball or softball or basketball, football. He thinks I need to be on this very specific team because if I'm not on that team, then I'm not going to be good enough. But if I'm on this time, then I'm just going to be weird and it's, it's not going to be as good for me if I'm on not that specific team. And he's like, I need to start becoming friends with, with people who are more popular so, so more people can see me because uh, I need to be famous and so I, I need to be, be around better friends and I should wear more makeup, because, but not too much makeup because that would be weird. Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong gender. Sorry. I don't know. Sometimes we feel like, well, you know, that's an example for girls. Sorry. Uh, and maybe Pastor Will even, maybe it's even good things that he's comparing himself to. Maybe he's like, okay, I, I want to lead worship like Pastor Joe because what Pastor Joe does is awesome. His gift is awesome. So I'm going to learn to play the guitar and I'm going to learn to sing. However, I don't know how to read music and I couldn't carry a tune if I wanted to. So, ah. Uh, so that could be difficult um, if, if that's what he's trying to do. He probably is not going to feel very good about himself when he recognizes, man, it's going to take me a long time to get there. <laughs> Poor Sal. I lost it for a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Put him back. Or, or maybe it's a good thing, like, he wants to be you know, closer to God. That's an amazing thing to want. I hope that we all, I hope everyone in this room wants to be closer to God. That's a great thing. But but he starts to look and he looks at Pastor Jail and he's like, wow, she's really wise. She knows a lot about the Bible. And I, so, okay, so if I'm going to be more like Pastor Jail, which is a really cool thing, I need to read my entire Bible tonight. So when I get in bed, I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to read it. Front to cover, um, front to back, and um, so so he begins reading, and he gets through like maybe one book because the Bible's really long. But he stayed up really late trying to read through one book of the Bible, and he wakes up the next morning, and he's really tired, and he's really grumpy because he didn't sleep and he didn't finish his goal. 
feels kind of bad about himself, I think, at this point, right? How well... I don't feel good. Yeah. So, sorry about it. How, how well does our balloon work when we don't fill it with the right kind of purpose? purpose? When we're trying to do things on our own effort, out of our own strength, instead of actually... Letting God fill us with purpose. What, what, how much different does it look, Will's balloon here, as opposed to when we let God fill us with purpose? His balloon doesn't work well. It, it, it's, not being able, it's not able to rise above the, those things, those pressures of the world. It kind of falls flat on its face, kind of like I did when I started comparing myself to everyone around me. But what happens when we actually let God fill us with purpose? How much better are we going to be when we let him fill us with purpose? So much better, right? Isn't our life filled with so much more meaning and so much more purpose when we let the one who created us fill us with that purpose and with that meaning? As opposed to us trying to work out of our own effort and our own strength and and us trying to be good enough and strong enough. And to end, God's the one that fills us with purpose. He's the one, he's the one that gives us that meaning. And, And listen, students, Jesus has created each and every one of you with a purpose on purpose and the world, and we need will to be will because will has something to offer that no one else does. And you have something to offer that no one else does. We need you to be you and, and we need will to be will and and we, we need each other to just be who God created us to be. Thanks, Pastor Will. Thanks, Nick. God needs you to be you. God wants you to be you. God created you to be you, not to be somebody else. God doesn't want any one of us to be the same. And listen, comparison, what it's going to do is it's going to make you want to give up. And God is saying, do not give up. I am not done with you. I'm not done using you. You have gifts to offer this world. You have gifts that we need. Don't give up. Because listen, this comparison game, it leads to this competition. And, and honestly, the truth is people aren't our competition. Our competition should be our procrastination. It should be our ego. It should be our negative um, screen habits that we have just scrolling social media. It, it should be the knowledge we neglect and, and those wrong choices. That should be our, our competition. That should be the thing that we're competing against, not one another. It's not our brothers and our sisters and our friends. And listen, there's a difference between comparing ourselves to one another and actually looking to one another to like help us, like sharpen us and encourage us and motivate us to be better. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We are better together. We run our best race when we are together, not in competition. We should be cheering one another on, championing each other to keep going, to keep fighting, to say, hey, I really appreciate your smile. That really encourages me. 
hey, you seem really smart in math. Do you think you could help me? I'm kind of struggling and, and the subject seems kind of hard. Or, or maybe it's something that you have to offer that you're like, you know what? I, I can play music. Maybe that would help people feel good. If I could like learn how to like lead worship or, or maybe you, you can speak and you can be in front of people and you can make them feel good. Like there's so many things that you have to offer that God wants to use and, and we should be for each other and, and we should be running this race together and with Jesus. We should be running it for him and with him because we are better together because here's what I've experienced in my life. That out of this pressure I felt to perform, it's left me feeling really deflated flat on my face. And, and, and when we let this pressure kind of like dictate who we are, God can no longer use us because we're so worried about those around us and what others are saying and what others are doing that, that God has a hard time being able to use us because he's not sitting on his rightful place as Lord of our life. And so I'm going to read you something um, that I wrote almost exactly three years ago to the day, um, and it's very personal, And um, but, but I want to share this story with you because if there's anyone in here that can relate in the smallest amount, I want you to know you're not the only one, and I want you to know that there is a better way. So a little backstory before I read you part of this little journal entry I wrote three years ago, which wasn't very long ago, um, I was new to speaking here at 4640, and I really felt this call from God to start speaking and teaching God's word. And so um, I was trying to be obedient, um, but what I was doing instead was I was comparing myself to the amazing people that I get to work with um, on a daily basis. And they have so many incredible gifts. And, and so many of the people I work with have been doing this much longer than I have. And they're comfortable in front of a crowd. And it wasn't like their voice was shaky like mine. And their hands weren't doing this when they were speaking. And their knees weren't like shaking. Um, but that's how I felt. I kind of felt like my heart might literally be out of my chest because that's how nervous I got in front of a crowd. And so I wasn't the best speaker or teacher or communicator, but I felt like God was calling me into this. But instead of letting God tell me who I was, I was looking to those around me and I was comparing myself and recognizing my gift looks a lot different and it doesn't look as good as hers or as his. And so I kind of just begin to spiral in into this comparison game. And, and so it was almost exactly three years ago and we were planning our very first 4640 conference. And I remember our staff was so excited. We were so pumped to be planning our very first like home event that we were gonna be hosting all of you students. And we were so pumped. And so I remember Pastor JL put the roster out of who was gonna be speaking at conference and my name wasn't on the list. And I just remember in that moment, all of my fears, all of my insecurities, all of those things that I was comparing myself to were, were just thrown back in my face. So here's what I wrote in my darkness. Why didn't she say my name? Why am I not included? Am I not good enough? Spiritual enough? Eloquent enough? Am I that forgettable? Do I not add enough to the team? Am I even part of the team like anyone else? Maybe I'm not as qualified because they haven't been doing this as long. 
See, I was running my race so completely fixed with my eyes on those around me and so not fixed with my eyes on the only one who could actually sustain me, the only one who could actually tell me who I was and why he created me the way he created me. I was so focused on those around me. I lost sight of who God said I needed to be and I felt this pressure to perform and be this perfect speaker and be this perfect communicator and to be funny and make jokes and be a good storyteller and and I was just falling flat on my face, I begin to really question God and the way that he made me. And I begin thinking, Lord, I think you made a mistake. I don't think you picked the right person. Did, did, do you know me, Sarah? Like you, I don't, I, I think you made a mistake. I'm not a speaker. I'm not good in front of people. I'm not enough. I, I don't have the gifts and the talent. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. And I begin just being like, Lord, what are you doing? Why, why are you asking me to do that? Like, this is embarrassing. It, it was kind of like, like that first time when I was running, when it was just, I was winded and I was out of breath and it hurt and I was in pain. Spiraled so far into comparison. See, the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. God had given me something special and I was killing it by comparing it to those around me. And God has given each and every one of you something so special, but you will kill it if you compare it to those around you. God needs you to be you. He's given you a special gift inside of you and he wants you to use it. But we can't when we're looking at everyone else thinking, what are they doing? And how can I be more like her? How can I be smarter, prettier, faster? I was running my race so completely fixed with those around me, not fixing my eyes on Jesus. But thank God, that's not how my race ended. That's not the end of my story. I, I, I don't, it doesn't end with me being benched as a conference speaker. I use that time in my darkness and in my insecurities and in my fears and in all of that comparison, I begin to really tuck into Jesus. And I just got before him and I was like, okay, Lord, then tell me who I am. Please tell me why did you create me this way? And he began to speak to me. And he began to, to fill me with confidence, not in myself, but in him, that he actually didn't make a mistake when he made me the way that he made me. And I just begin asking Jesus, please heal me from this. Please help me stop looking to everyone else around me and just show me who you made me to be. And I just pressed in to Jesus in, in that really long, hard, dark season. And I said, Jesus, would you uproot comparison out of my heart? I can't live like this. This is, it's too much. The pressure's too hard. I, I, I am not, I'm actually really not enough unless you come. And he came. And he began speaking so very clearly. The next year, when, when conference rolled around, my name was on the roster. And this year, I'm speaking the first session of conference on opening night. And listen, I'm not telling you that out of pride. I'm not telling you that to be boastful. I'm telling you that because Jesus spoke to me and he told me who I was and he gave me new identity and he gave me confidence and he gave me joy. And he said, Sarah, I have called you. Would you be obedient to who I've called you to be? And I said, okay, Lord. Yep. I, you've made me this way. And so I'm just going to walk out in obedience, recognizing, you know what? 
I'm not JL, and I'm not Joe, and I'm not Will, and God doesn't want me to be. God wants me to be me, and God wants you to be you. He doesn't want you to be your sister or your brother or your friend. He wants you to be you. He's called me to run a different race than he's called you to run. Each and every one of us are running a different race. And see, the beautiful thing about this race that we're all running is we're never, ever running it on our own. Imagine having a heavenly father to come in in those darkest moments and fill us and be with us, running our race with us. So right now, I'm just going to ask if you guys would so quietly just make your way down front. And I want each one to find some space. I want you to create some space, not around any of your friends. This, this moment right now is between you and Jesus. This is between you and God, and it's not about anyone else in this room. just about us and Jesus right now. Just find some space. I want everyone to come all the way down front. If you guys would come all the way down. Everyone in the back. I want everyone up front with me. And you know what? Why don't you just take a seat right where you are. Just create some space. Just take a little seat for a minute. You guys can all come in all the way from the back. Listen, this moment is not about you and your friends. This is not a time to talk. This is a time to be with Jesus, to meet with Jesus. And I have to ask you a question. I have to ask you a very important question. Who's running with you? Who's in your lane with you? If the answer is in Jesus Christ, we're running in vain. If our answer isn't Jesus, we are running with nothing, with no purpose. But listen, friends, we have a heavenly Father who loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, onto this planet to live a perfect life for you and for me. And then he died a horrible death on a cross to pay for our wrong choices to pay for our sins. Jesus loves you that much that he would come and he would say, you're worth it. He would say, I I'm gonna run this race with you. If you would invite me in, I wanna run with you. Jesus came to be with us. He came to be with each and every one of us. He wants you. He wants to be in your lane. But, but I think there might be a few of us in this room that have never asked Jesus to be in our lane running with us. There's some people that have never heard the good news about what Jesus has done for them, that Jesus loves you so much, he came down from heaven to die on a cross for you because he loves you. I think there's some of us in this room that, that at one point in our life, we did ask Jesus to run this race with us. We, we did ask him to come into our lane, but, but life has happened. Things have gotten in the way. We've had distractions come. We've gotten busy. We've made some wrong choices. And, and so now we're kind of embarrassed. And, and so we've kind of stiff-armed God. And we've, we've kind of shoved him out of our lane. 
for whatever reason, he's, he's no longer in our lane. I want you to honestly ask yourself that question, is Jesus in my lane right now? Is Jesus running this race of life with you? Because he wants nothing more than to run with you, to be in your lane, cheering you on, championing you on. That is what Jesus wants for you because he loves you. He's crazy about you. He thought about you before time began. He, he thought about every part of you, your, your personality and the way you would look and your hair color and your eye color. Jesus thought of you and he says, I want you. I wanna be in your lane. So if you're looking at yourself tonight and you're like, you know what? I've never actually asked Jesus to be in my lane or maybe I did at one point, but I wanna ask him back in my lane tonight. I'm gonna ask you to do something very bold. And again, friends, this is not about anyone else but you and Jesus. So, so I'm gonna ask everyone to just bow their head right now. Everyone close your eyes. If you have never asked Jesus into your lane or you wanna ask him back in your lane to run with you, I'm gonna ask you to do something very bold and just stand up right now where you are. start fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the one who loves us so much that he would die on a cross for us, that he would give his life for us. Jesus is saying, this is not what I have for you. This is not what I want for you. He's saying, daughter, he's saying, son, I love you. And I've created you on purpose with a purpose. You have something to offer us that, that we need, that the world needs. So if everyone would just close their eyes once again. 
if that's you, I just want you to, to pray quietly in your heart with me, but Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we repent of comparing ourselves to each other. Maybe it's our sister who gets better grades than us. Maybe it's our brother who's better in sports than us. Maybe it's a friend who, who just is more popular and more, more people know them and they're better liked. And Lord, we're sorry for looking at those that we love and saying we're better than or we're not good enough. And Jesus, we choose to trust and believe in you tonight that you have created us with a purpose on purpose. Listen, friends, the, I understand that we feel this pressure and this need to feel special and to feel important, but when you belong to Jesus Christ, you already are. You already have meaning and purpose and are so important, and you're famous to the King of Kings. He's saying, you are enough for me. Jesus is the very answer we are looking for. This isn't a popularity game. This isn't a kind of race where we're trying to see who's the best and the strongest and the fastest. You are enough because God created you and he says you are enough. It's time to run your own race in your own lane with Jesus. Bible says in Psalms 139, 13 through 16. You just want to keep your eyes closed. I want you to just imagine the Lord speaking this over each one of you. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you were breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. All the days of my life prepared before I'd even lived one day. Jesus is crazy about you and he wants you. We all play a part. We all have gifts. Lord, would you show us who you want us to be. You call out my name. Show me who you want to be. There, I see all that is perfect, all that is true, all that is you. Oh, that is perfect. 
that is true Oh, that is you and there You call out my name Show me who you want me to be There I see all that is perfect Oh, that is true Oh, that is you
and who you've created us to be. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.